Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John reassures me about my use of text emojis and admits he can't multitask. Meanwhile, I find a car wash with the dumbest name ever and tell the story of the original doorbuster Christmas toy, the Cabbage Patch Doll. Plus a conversation about how to be a better listener and learner. Today's episode is not sponsored by Eggnog, only available one month out of the year because it's disgusting. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Saddle up, Johnny. We're going to the wild west of conversation again. Let's talk about that. We got a trail to blaze. <laughs> See, you went, you went old went, school Christian with it. I, I went 90, 91. Oh, man, it was that far back? The Great Adventure. That was Stephen, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. It was a big song. It was. You know, he did a, re, he did a remake. Oh, did he? He did like a, like a reprisal. The Late Great Adventure? He had a... He had like an album with a, they're kind of acoustic y, but they had other instrumentation and stuff in it. But do you, are you watching, uh, do you watch Taylor Sheridan shows? No. Who's that? That's the guy that does Yellowstone. Okay. On Paramount. I stopped watching Yellowstone after the first half of the first episode because they shot a horse in the face and, uh, I couldn't take it. Yeah. I'm sorry. And if, ever, if that ruins the show for anybody, I apologize. Well, yeah, he does put a horse down in the first. He's had a car wreck and the horse is in pain and he puts the horse down. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, well, you really brought this down. But anyway, there's a... He I'm has, sure he's a great director. <laughs> he's a bunch of spinoffs. Yeah. There's one uh, called Lawman Bass Reeves, which is based on a true story. Lawman? Well, it's Lawmen, oh. which I think that means they're going to maybe bring other series into this Lawman. Is Bass Reeves more than one man? That's the point. He's one guy. So I'm going to guess... Lawman, colon, Bass Reeves. Well, if I don't see a colon, it's like up... It's, it's weird. Why is but not, why would it be Lawman, Bass Reeves if it's one dude? I think it's like... Is he Bass Reeves? Yes. I think that the, that the point is... he is, a fish? He's going to do more... If he's a fish, I'm in. He's going to do a series on other lawmen, too. Like oh, maybe okay. like Lawman, Wyatt Earp or something. But I don't know that for sure. But the plural is confusing, nonetheless. If he was a bass, I would watch it. <laughs> So I'm driving in Donaldson yesterday. You don't want to. You're not gonna let me tell you about the bass. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna I was sidetracking you already. It's too early in the show for me to rabbit trail you. Go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, speaking of rabbits, John. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. It's based on true story. Okay. But he is the he was a slave, and then he fought for his master in the Confederacy. That happened a lot. Like he was forced to. Yeah. And then he ran away Mm -hmm. and became eventually uh, out in Arkansas. 
became the first black deputy marshal in wow. American history. So he's like a – yeah, it's a really interesting – Wow. Like during Reconstruction basically, which sure. I don't know what it's happens because re, when Reconstruction ends for him, I don't yeah. know that part of the story. But anyway, super interesting. Not endorsing everything about it, Johnny. Just saying super – I'm not saying you were. The Wild West is what made me think of that. So, all right. You're driving through so Donaldson. I'm driving through Donaldson. I, for some reason, the bass thing reminded me of this. And there's one of those like these car wash places that you can join as a member – Keep popping up everywhere. Yeah. There's a million different ones. Mr. Car Wash, Speedy Clean, all the places. Right. This one was called Cheetah Clean. Cheetah? Cheetah Clean and had a picture of a cheetah on it. And I was like, okay, first of all, cheetahs aren't known for their cleanliness. <laughs> I guess you're saying it's fast, <laughs> but that's not. That doesn't mean it's good. And second of all, like, can you be, can you really be mad if your car has spots <laughs> after you've been through Cheetah Clean? <laughs> it's in the name. Guys, come on. You know what I mean? They did this to themselves. Yeah. yeah. Did we miss a spot or did we add a spot? You're Wait, welcome. Do leopards and cheetahs both have spots? Do cheetahs? Cheetahs have spots. I, I don't know. I know leopards have spots. Hold on. Oh, man. There's ask no Siri. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ask chat. I ask chat everything now. Oh, chat GPT? Do you, oh, you use his last name? Yeah, I talk to chat all the time now. It's just open like, hey, chat. Uh, cheetahs have spots. Do cheetahs have spots? Do they? And chat says, yes, cheetahs are known for their distinctive spotted coat. They Thank have you. Black tear markings on their faces and small, evenly spaced black spots covering their bodies help them provide camouflage in the grasslands where they hunt. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you, chat. And are known for their clean cars. <laughs> clean cheetah automobiles. Clean. Cheetah clean. If you're going to open a car, yeah. wash. Yeah. What would you call it? Huh. Does it have to be pithy, or can it not just be like, "Hey, Johnny, Johnny's car wash"? Johnny you know? Scrubble, you, <laughs> yeah, Johnny Scrubble, <laughs> you like that? You just came up, with, guys. Kinda, he's Johnny W, yeah, and now he's Johnny Scrubble. You, I will scrubble your car. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah, you're ready for crowd work. At I this am. Point. I think it's going to happen. <laughs> it needs to happen because that's that's the way comedians do it now. So they don't burn material. They're just like, "Hey, what do you do?" Hey, why don't you give me some material? And then they do like 25 things to get one funny one, and then that's the one you see. Yeah. And now people are coming to shows and yelling at comedians because they're like, this is what they want, right? We're right. supposed to shout things out? Anyway, we can talk about the death of comedy at a later time. I'll be at Zany's <laughs> December 27th, John. It's a big it's a big night. And I know this episode goes out this week, and I also have a show this week in Franklin, Tennessee at Generations Church with my buddy Paul Aldrich. Yeah. So you can get tickets for both those shows on my website. Those are my last two shows of the year. So that's johnnyw.com, right? Yes. J-O-N-N-I-E. Correct. Not to be confused with the conventional spelling of Johnny. I'm not a conventional guy, John. Well, it shows. Johnny you added an H when you shortened your name, which I find completely ridiculous. There's lots of... You're that, a Jonathan with no H. I know, technically, I did, I did nothing. But well, I'm so glad I have the H, even though Jonathan has no H. When I see a Jonathan with an H in the Jonathan, it uh -huh. bothers me. I'm like, that's uh -huh. that's a... I don't know. That's an affront to the spelling of that particular name. I hate when people bring an affront to things. Ugh. By the way, uh, I think I, I want, I'm going to be vulnerable. So we text a lot. Okay. And I text with other of my guy friends. You do? Oh, sorry. And I've noticed something. I, I, it's, it's only come to me the last few months. And I'm like, I wonder if this is like, I should know this. I should know not to do this. Is this wrong in culture? Okay. I think I'm the only one of my guy friends who uses emojis. I use emojis. Do you? Yeah. Like, to the level that I do, though? 
I like, use, I, like I use the ones they suggest. Like if I if I'm typing something and it gives me like a little choice of a little face, I go. <laughs> You know what? Let's throw that in. Yeah. Let's give a thumbs up when I say good, and it gives you the thumbs up option at uh-huh. the end of the sentence. You go, you know what? Let's add that. That's better than a but good. But I notice when my other guy friends respond, they're just like, okay, see you there. And I'm like, am I weird? Well, is this, is, are emojis feminine? Do you think it's a feminine thing to be like excited and like put little cartoons in your text? I don't is think that so. what's going on here? I don't know. I mean, you're asking a guy. Well, that's what I mean. With his, Let's, I'm just trying to get a feel for like what another feminine guy does, <laughs> so that I can be like, let's get a control for the research. Yeah, I. No, but you know what I mean. I don't I know. Use them. Yeah. Okay. So me and you I have a couple go tos. Right. But yeah, John Christ used to have a bit. But about, you know, the most masculine emoji that I use though, what's that? Is the double fist. Sure. I'll send two fist fists bump. a lot. So it's. So maybe John, I'm trying to overcompensate. John Christ used to have a bit about, and I don't know if he ever put it on stage, but it was like a text, a tweet, and it said, if I was a, a youth counselor, the first thing I would do is just let me see the page of your most recent emojis. Because, you know, they have that page where it just stores the uh-huh. last 20 that yeah. you've used in your little yeah. emoji typewriter. He goes, let me just see the last 20 you've used. And it's true. Like, if you knew that. You can get to the heart of like a lot of a person's personality. Wow. You could be like, wow, that's a lot of, whew, those are, yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of eye rolls. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. You could just be like, okay, well, clearly, yeah. show me the context of this because you, your emojis say you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> show, me, show me your emojis and I'll show you your life. That's right. Yeah. But I just wonder that because like, I just noticed like I have other, even comedian friends and I think I'm the only one in this text thread that's using emojis. Am I the weirdo or am I am I hitting the third rail of culture? I'm getting the good stuff from life. Right, I am exploring. You're putting the extra effort and they're all just yeah. meandering their way through life and not. I, I think guys, I'm open to the idea I'm a weirdo. I'm open to well, it. Well, you should be. Okay. You should be open at least to it. But at least we're there. We're there together. Well, we talk, we're in a community group together and we've talked about this as a group with the guys. There there are guys in groups that just texting is just not there. Right. They're especially group texting. In fact, I find that in groups across the church over the years, there are groups that that they tend to – the way they communicate now is that way. Or they use Marco Polo yeah. or some other app. But I have people that, like, they detest it. And I understand why if it just starts blowing up and you're not, yeah. you know, in it. but It's like crosstalk. It's like you're just – you feel like around it. Right. You're just listening to their conversation while you're trying to work. but. And, yeah. You know, those of us with, with who don't have real jobs. Yeah. Maybe well, that's maybe that's why we use emojis. We're we're like I just guys. I'm kidding. I have real jobs. Oh yeah. yeah. Several. Too yeah. many. Well, you know, and the point about text too. Like Curry's dad really fought technology, like most people who are in their 80s. Yeah. But now he's got an iPhone that I bought him, and he's embraced it, and he likes it. I think. I think he hates it less. I'll say that. Okay. So he wouldn't text for a while. And then I showed him, and he started doing it, and he'll respond back. And every text, he'll put, love, dad, at the end. I think he's using voice, because uh-huh. it'll be like, love, dad. Well, that's sweet, But he though. uses emojis. He'll have a little old dad man face. Wow. So he scrolled his, through he's, and he's, found. He's, he's found the emoji. So I think it's so cute. But also, I, t- I asked my wife, and I was like, have you talked to dad about this? Because he, uh, her dad's coming in to stay with us for a couple of nights this week. And so I was like, have you talked to him? Yeah. And I said, she goes, I think he needs a break. And I was like, what are you getting that from? Have you spoke to him on the phone? Well... And I, she goes, yeah, I did actually talk to him on the phone. I go, good. I said, you know, we text him now almost, you know, exclusively. And he he does it. Like, he, he gives in. All right, this is how I can communicate with these people. Mm-hmm. But I said, 
we need to call him at least once a week. Like, give him an actual phone call. Because that's what he prefers. Right. You know, older people want the phone call. Yeah. If you can't be in person, they at least want to hear a voice. But yeah, he's he's kind of met us at our level. And I feel like we need to meet him halfway, maybe, like once a week, and be like, all right, Dad, let's let's talk it out. Interesting. And yeah, my mom and I, who, she lives with me, we text a lot. You text, and she's upstairs. Yeah. Sometimes I'll call her. Yeah. And she's upstairs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and I told, I apologized to her the other day because there are days that go by, especially if we start early, have practice or training. I mean, Sadie doesn't finish sometimes. Her, she I thought you meant practice or training with your mom. You're like, man, like, tell you come, what, on, like, mom, come on, mom, we got to seven more. <laughs> like she'll have practice tonight from seven till nine, yeah. and the gym is located. It's about a forty minute drive when it's all said and done. So yeah. it's it's ten o'clock usually before we get home. So yeah. there are nights I don't get home until then, and I just don't even see my mom in my own house. So, um, but we do text, and mm-hmm. I'll go up, and you know, that's interesting. I have to ask her. Like, does that? Yeah, what does is, it feel? Yeah. What do you prefer? Because again, it's like I can't give him what he prefers, which is like every, you know, what I'm saying every day. Maybe I just don't, I don't have that. Right. But, but I just want to be like, all right. Well, he's kind of given up on. He's kind of given some on this because he's like, all right, look, this is how I'll stay in touch with everybody. And I think he embraced it more than he would admit. Like he, he screamed, you know, this phone, this smartphone, whatever is not very smart. You know, old people right. say stuff like that. But then I'll see him like noodling around with it and. He has games he plays, and I'm just like, well, okay. it's good that you he got him addicted. He likes the right, exactly, right. exactly. Like the rest, I of want us. him over, and now he can't put down. His, no, he puts down the phone. He uh, he didn't buy a case for it. It's got a little case, but it gripped. It, and he puts it in his front pocket. He's a front pocket guy. Okay, shrimp. and it was like sticking inside his pocket because the case is like this grippy rubber. Uh-huh. So I go, well, Dad, I can get you a case that's not that. And he goes, no, 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 I figured it out. And he pulls it out, and he's he's taped, scotch-taped a piece of notebook paper to the back of it. Okay. I go, Dad. That's ingenuity. This is, it's something. <laughs> Innovation. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I guess this makes it a little it bit works. slipperier, but what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I, else? I wrap it in tinfoil, and we're good. <laughs> okay, that's too much. You know what else is uh, innovative? What's that? Our sponsors. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think. There's a Not lot. knowing what this ad's going to be, <laughs> I 100% stand behind whatever product or service they're offering. Yeah, let's take a moment to hear just from a, a word from a few of them. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. I hope it was innovative. And, yeah, I do too. Yeah. And not offensive in any way. We don't know. The Geico commercials sometimes, those are innovative. Oh, yeah. In terms of their, I don't know if their insurance is innovative. 
Yeah. Like that's one of those things. They're that, the ones that do the, you, we can't stop you from becoming your parents. Is yes. That those are so funny. Yes. The best one is the one now where the guy is at the, the restaurant and they're saying, choose a base. And it's one of those <laughs> Chipotle kind of places where it's like, make your salad or whatever. Right. And he's just like, what in the world? <laughs> and then at the end, they go, $19. And he goes, oh, no, I'm just paying for my own salad. <laughs> it's so funny. But it also is kind of an indictment. Like, we're mad at old people not realizing that. While also, things are really they're overpriced. Expensive, it's yeah. crazy that $19 would be normal for a salad. And he's right. Yeah, I, I read this morning that you know inflation has slowed faster yeah. than they thought. And the article said, look, things still cost way more. They're just not getting more expensive as fast as they were. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, because it's like when – I noticed it because I go to McDonald's more than most children. <laughs> like McDonald's – like Nate has a bit about that. McDonald's is for kids. What are you doing here? Right. You know, and it's right. It's true. But I try to save money on the road. I don't eat out expensive places on the road. I'll go by after my show and just grab a drive through uh-huh. And that's just how I – whatever. And so I eat a lot of fast food. But then – I've noticed, like, the thing I normally order, which is like a double cheeseburger, it used to be like a dollar and a half, maybe. Right. Now it's like $3. Well, now that, in, like you said, inflation slows down, but it's not like they're going, all right, guys, we're going back to the old prices. No, they're, they're just, you're never going to go back. Because they know you'll pay it. Yeah. Well, and they're probably, their system is probably now built on that amount of money as well in terms of, what I mean, they, McDonald's is barely, what the, barely yeah. making a profit. Well, but maybe what they pay their employees is more, and we can feel good about that. I always wonder... I tell Laura this all the time, like, you know, one thing that would help inflation, and it's very offensive, mm-hmm. one thing that would help prices to come down would be for companies to just be willing to make less money. Yeah. So when we had to raise these prices, we have to have this 45%, you yeah. know, profit margin. And you're like, well, what if you had a 40% yeah. and we didn't pay $20 for a hamburger? Like, you know what I'm saying? We're just not built that way. Everything is built to go more, more, more. Until it burns out, though. That's just how we're... Well, in capitalism, certainly. That's which, how it's Which, I mean, yeah. I prefer capitalism to the to the other options in yeah. terms of, you know, but at the same yeah, time... Yeah, but there comes a time, yeah, with like this, where it's just unfettered and you never have a referee to rein it in at all. And it's just like, okay, the CEO got a billion dollar bonus while the employees got laid off. Like, right. that's a problem for me. Yeah, and I, and I don't mean to rail against insurance companies because I know that I don't know One anybody... One of them probably just sponsored us. Right. <laughs> but I mean, that industry, you know, in particular... You know, there was more tornadoes and, and our thoughts and prayers, I mean, just go out and we took up an offering on Sunday and, you know, trying to help there in this area Yeah, uh, came through last weekend. And so to all who were affected by it, you know, man, we're, we're thinking of you and praying for you. But, you know, you got to think how many people now are making claims. And it really probably has been a drain on the insurance industry in terms yeah. of the amount of claims that are made. But just from the friends I know, trying to get the money that you've been yeah. guaranteed and paid into is an intentional what do they call that john you know the term where they intentionally make this a difficult process right. so that you'll give up or it not. becomes adversarial on purpose yeah they yeah they're 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 making it byzantine on purpose like it's so complex it's like the tax laws they make the tax laws so complicated so you have to go hire a guy right who has researched it all like my tax guy quit doing he did my taxes for 30 years uh, when I lived in Knoxville and when I moved here, I kept using him because like, well, he knows all my financial history. I'm just going to stay with him. So even though I had moved here for 15 years, yeah. I use this guy still. And then during COVID, they came out with the CARES Act and it, all these new programs. And I was asking my guy questions about it. And I was like, all right, what about PPP? It looks like I'm eligible. What about this? What about EIDL? He goes, I don't know. He goes, these are new programs. Yeah. You know, he's 60 something. 
Right, it was Almost moving. 70. It was moving so fast. He literally, yeah. I get a note from my brother because he runs the he does taxes for the nonprofit that my brother runs, and he goes, "You know, uh, Roland is retiring." I go, "What?" Because it was like almost tax season. I go, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, he's going to run a wedding venue. He, they bought some land, and him and his wife are just going to do one of those. Like, good for him. Rent the barn and take your photos here on the hillside yeah. and rent a wedding. And he goes, that's just what he wants. He goes, I, he goes, I think that the new tax laws just pushed him over the, like, how complicated. And he's like, I'm not learning all this. This is a young man's game. Now I'm out. Yeah. And I don't blame him one bit. No. No. And, uh. And I owe a lot of taxes because of that. No. Well, and that's why I haven't paid taxes in years. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's a protest against the system. Yes. So I hope. John's like a Robin Hood, but not as handsome. <laughs> <laughs> was Robin Hood handsome? Probably in most folklore. He's, I think I just Was wrote, Robin Hood a real guy? I don't think so. Huh. I think that if you, st- I think I looked that up one time, but I think. Was there like a real, a, well, there was a sheriff of, not, is Nottingham a place? Uh, yeah, he was a fox, right? And now I'm thinking of the Disney cartoon. That was a great, by the way. What a great Disney cartoon! An unheralded gem of a Disney cartoon, the Robin Hood cartoon. You oh, know, yeah. like you get Lion King, gets all of the you know gravity. I get it, yeah. but come on, man, Robin Hood. I think. Well, what about Robin Hood Men in Tights? That's the that's the real gem for me. Yeah, there's some John. It's from classic lines. Mel Brooks. It's one of those movies that. Um, I know your generation, if you like, I, I have to keep myself from quoting a lot around here because we have a lot of millennials and yeah. Gen Z's now on staff and I've realized I'm just going to sound like an idiot yeah. if I just say every thought, but well, we're, we're old and I'm older than you even. And I was on Nate land and it's like dusty slay, Aaron Weber and Brian Bates. Brian's my age or a little bit older. Brian's yeah. 51 or 52. I'm 49. Aaron is like maybe 30. Okay. Maybe 31. Dusty's like mid thirties, so we're talking, and then we're talking about like comedy influences. Because somebody asked a question of that that's a listener to the show, uh-huh. Nate Land, and you know I've started talking about like watching you know comics on Johnny Carson and going in to my eighth grade lunch table and doing the lines from it and stuff, and just like, and they were like, well, what what comics? And then like they were like, and so they were like, what is it like Mort Saul, like Jack Benny? They were like, I was like, no. <laughs> You know, they were like kind of being like a little bit. I was like, Groucho Marx. Exactly. Right, yeah. And I did. I ended up saying, like, honestly, I did watch Groucho Marx because it was on Nick at Night. Yeah, I know it was an old show then. It was right. like the 40s. But I was watching it as an 11 year old just because it was, was on TV. So, yeah, I did like Jack Benny. But I mean, the comedians I would watch would be like Drew Carey and people that went on to be, they got their own sitcoms because they were on The Tonight right. Show. But it was just funny them being like, who was it? I'm, like, I'm not that old, but I am. But it is, <laughs> those references are important. Because they are these dividing lines generationally. I don't know why, though. It, I, I'm experiencing it, I suppose. Yeah. I don't feel... Everyone feel, says this. No, you feel like one of the cool old guys, don't you? I feel like... You're only as young as you feel, John. Well, and, and that's, that's not, not... It's not quote time yet, but I read, oh. I read the quote today that said, it's not how old you are, mm-hmm. but how you are old. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I want to be... That person, and we talk about that a lot, but I want to be that person that, yeah, yeah. I do think it's a mindset. I think that there's a mindset thing. So I don't want to be saying that all the time. That sounds like the same thing, though, how old you are, how you are old. So I'm saying how, you, how you're treating it when you're, when you're in it. It's like, not how heavy you are. It's how many people it takes to lift you. What? That doesn't... <laughs> if you open the, the door, the door will open for you. Those are the same you. things. If you doubt your powers, you get power to your doubts. Okay. No, I, I you, get what you mean, though. 
Well, I didn't. It's not my quote. Oh, but <laughs> it's like a famous quote, and you're like somebody had it's a, dumb. Somebody had a joke the other day. It was so funny to me. They go, "Hey guys, I just I invented a new word. You guys want to hear it?" And they're like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Plagiarism." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he invented the word plagiarism. Oh, okay. I like it. I give you credit for the quote, by the way. I, well, I, it's the right it thing. Wasn't, I can tell you it was. I have oh, to look it up. Okay. But, uh, I said it without you know, botching yeah. it, so that's good. Hey, speaking of quotes, Johnny, I think it's time for us to... Uh, oh, let's do it. Do we have theme music? I think we have. We're still trying out new is theme music. Up? And so uh, this is this week's episode of They Talked About That. Okay. I kind of like that one. That one feels like you're <laughs> a cop in a western town. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like the It feels like justified. Yeah. It feels like justified. It had that song. feel. Yeah. And that Slide is a guitar and, and a little techno-y beat at the end of it to be like, "Oh, but it's the 90s now." Oh. Yeah. Oh, he's a throwback guy, but he's in the modern world. Yeah. It's justified. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. And I'm a pretty tough guy. <laughs> I've, I've always said Everyone it. Everyone knows it. I've always said it. Do not mess with John. I promise you, you do not want to fight <laughs> I promise him. you do not. Uh, it's a little lighter today uh, oh. from uh, Ken Hubbard. K-I-N. Ken? Yeah, K-I-N Hubbard. Huh. A good listener is usually thinking about something else. Huh. I would think it'd be the opposite. It's a joke. Oh. Like you think they're a good listener, they're actually thinking about something. Oh, else. right. So right. it's usually somebody who's just yeah, thinking. If they have that far off look, you're like, he's really into this. Yeah. You're like, no. He's- yeah, I, I active listening is harder in the modern age, in my opinion. Yeah, because there's just so many stimuli, mm-hmm. and like my wife, so my wife awakes usually before me. Okay, she some of that's the sleep issues. And so she's up and she's going and she's doing all the things to get, you know, Sadie's lunch ready and all the things. And, and did you say your wife awakes before I you? I did say that. I said it very it formally. Very, it was very Walt Whitman. <laughs> My wife awaken. <laughs> she awoke. My precious rose. Okay, go ahead. So she wakes up before you. <laughs> but like when I finally am now joining in, she's into multi-level task lists. Yeah. Like, hey, because we, we tag team everything. Yeah. And so she's like, hey, could you go? And if she starts listing that early in the morning, mm-hmm. more than two, there is a chance before coffee, especially, that I'm not going to. Right. Okay, can you, know, can you go out to the outside refrigerator and get us this? Do you pretend to have heard all five things, though? Well, sure. But then Actually, she, goes, no. she goes, what happened to the last three on this list? She go, oh, I thought you were. I don't. I didn't. Were you still talking? If she was like me, she would have forgotten the things that she told me. By the time I come back, neither one of us would care about the last three that's things. The, the that's list. the perfect marriage. Because I think that's what's happening with me and my wife. Curry, uh, she's not a big list person, but like, yeah, she might be annoyed at me for something, but she forgets. That that's, I'm annoying. Oh, that's awesome. You know? I think she forgets how repellent my personality really is. Just enough that we've stayed together for 20 years. It's like 50 years. first dates for her. It is. Every day she's just like... She's like, well, he doesn't seem that... Come on. Right. This guy's just a knucklehead. And she like... <laughs> she gives me a lot of grace, and I appreciate crazy it. Crazy old Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. But she gets mad at me in the moment, but then it's like, yeah, but come on. Yeah. It just... She, it goes away. Wow. She's very forgetful. That's... That's awesome. We, I think she may have had a head injury. We need to have this. Well, whatever works. That's true. Yeah. 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 No, I just, I think that that, that the day and age 
active listening is just harder too because of the, the just many, many distractions. I can't get through a conversation sometimes. Well, people can't with me without that little device dinging. Right. And is that, this is the new modern. Or even your watch vibrating, the haptics. Yes. And we, you feel like, do I need to learn? Well, and my, like, if I'm with someone, watch. like if I'm talking to someone from an older generation even, yeah. I will say, hey, I'm still listening to you. I'm not, I'm not checking the time. Right. Because it looks offensive. Like, oh, God, is this guy still talking? You yeah. know, I'm looking down. It's like, <laughs> and then I'm also at the place where I'm like, I, I, I don't know who's conversation requires because if i'm at lunch and, and it texts i always check to see if my daughter texted me yeah or to see if my wife texted me other than that though but you still have to check it and so you're constantly yeah. in and it out could be them like you were telling me important stories today johnny i didn't get half of it right i don't even know well i hope fine. there was nothing in there you needed me to that's do that's why it's so important to have a lot of friends because like if they all combine they might get What's going on with you? Ooh, I like you that. can't expect one person yeah, spread it out. to get all of it. No. You you vomit it all out, and then like you might catch some. And yeah. Everybody, yeah. And you but, get a little tidbit of advice from each one of them mm-hmm. that you sort of – which you're not listening to either. You homogenize it into – yeah, you don't listen to their advice. You say whatever you want to say either. You take what they say that backs up what you were going to do anyway, and you go like, well, they said it's cool. Yeah. It's like when you do a Google search for something, you do your own research, air quotes. You just wait until you find something that agrees and you go like, well, there it is. That's right there. That's, look. I found it. Yeah. Lizard people. I didn't even, you don't even click the link. You just no. see like the title. I, that, there's another quote I read today that said, uh, people who, most people seeking advice are actually looking for corroboration. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I what I definitely think that, think that that's true for sure. Uh, and that corroborates what I already thought. <laughs> No, but it is good. I want to be a better listener. I want to know what that looks like. Because, yeah, I think of myself as, yeah, it's like uh, we all have turned into content creators without meaning to now. Right. and Or we at least think that it's important. Or at least we idolize other content creators. Even if we see ourselves as not content creators, we go, yeah, but the cool people are content right. creators. So do we, are we constantly thinking of like how to be more interesting or how to... Instead of just being like being engaged in the current moment, how do we do it and what does it look like? But it's definitely going to become a more rare quality to be a good listener. I think that I have, I think the older I get, maybe the less I'm worried. You know, I've, I've shared sort of that testimonial, you know, thing that happened to me this last year where I really kind of woke up to not feeling the need to carry yeah. the outcomes of whatever your supposed success targets are. Yeah. Um, and it does make me, I think it's made me be more engaged in other people's stories. Cause yeah, you really are. And even the pastoral side, there are times in life when they're coming to you and asking you to tell them something. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're listening, but you're also scanning. Yeah. You're scanning scripture in your head. You're scanning, you know, yeah, you're thinking of a response but you're not necessarily thinking of something else. Like I'm thinking of my own thing to say, you're trying to think of like, what's the best advice I can give this person, but it's running in your head while still listening. I think you can do both. Yeah. I mean, I think I do both. I do try to take more time, Mm -hmm. you know, like the first thing, you know, well, let's think about it for a second, you know, and and instead of just like, here's the, here's the definitive answer. I I probably still do that. Some like if I have a key, yeah, that's the thing I've been doing this so long. There's almost always some experience I've had that could 
align with the experience they're talking about right. or that I've seen in someone else. Like, hey, you know, I remember I had a kid in, you know, back in the youth group that they did this or I did a premarital counseling thing, the couple struggling with this. Yeah. Or, um, that's the that's the benefit of experience. You yeah. know, and your disaster reminds me of this person that I also helped. <laughs> your particular malady. <laughs> the way that you've wrecked your life really reminds me of this other person. God, I can't believe it happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, like, uh, there's an old, like, say, sales thing where, like, when I started doing, I had business cards when I started doing comedy, you know, and business cards have kind of gone away, but people still ask for them all the time. But, and I don't have one. I'm like, Here, here's my website or whatever, scan this QR code, whatever I do to try to get people to go to my website. But, uh, my buddy Marty, who did Sandler sales training, like the preeminent sales training, you know, place where you would go when you were going to be in sales, he would talk about you don't give your card away; you get their card because uh. the, the idea is you don't make a sale or you don't get value from information that you give; you get value from information that you get. So I, fo- I now I have your card; I can follow up, and it's a warm lead now because you gave it to me. In, right. in other words. So and I think it's the same way with listening. It's the same way with any relationship. Like, don't think of yourself as like, I need to give value to this person right. by my dumb thoughts. Take in value from them. You're going to get, you know, you're going to learn something about that person. If you let them just finish, I mean, I'm a terrible interrupter, but I'm saying like, I'm learning more to let people finish. Because sometimes I'm not like, you know, we finish our, we finish each other's sandwiches. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I think I know where you're going. Yeah. And so I'm trying to, fix that it's like a toxic trait you know well i don't I mean, that's me you're being pretty hard on my buddy johnny i know i'm right sorry now. so um i mean yeah i think we all again our show is built around interruption yeah in many ways um and i'm, I'm i think it's great <laughs> because i mean that's that's how we usually get to better spots and places you know? and i'm usually driving that bus and if i want to if i want to really hammer home a point i'll just re-interrupt and take it back over and yeah, say yeah. what i wanted to say or whatever that's fine but i think in conversation for sure you know listening i want to be a better listener too i want to remain i think you know there's a there's a faith angle of that's hard for us in the modern age and that is that we remain curious yeah because we're so certain we're certain of our viewpoints. We're certain of our belief systems. Uh, certain of our theological nuances about God. And when, and I think that it's okay to be grounded in something that you're confident in. Mm-hmm. And certainly, I know that there's the whole slippery slope arguments of that. Of well, you know, well, if you're just curious about everything, where does it stop? You know. Right. But I think remaining curious about people. You know, you you think about Jesus who would ask questions of people. That you would assume as a son of God, you know, there's a possibility with the incarnation that he had temporarily suspended certain parts of what he could do as God in order to, to experience more of the humanity. Uh, but there's often we know that he already knew the thoughts of his disciples and other things. I don't, I don't know when and if, if that was something he always did or if he could switch it on and off or if he was just following the father's leading that day. But there were times he would ask the woman at the well or ask someone a question mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, where is your husband? Or, you know, like he knows the answer, right? And we know later on he told her what the answer is. But the curiosity, like you said, was to benefit her. Let yeah. her share and he received something. So remaining curious, I think, is one of those keys to not just being a learner, but to being someone who grows relationally with people, uh, especially marriage, man. Remaining curious is hard right. to do. You know, like, you know, what, what are you thinking now? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Nobody likes to know it all, John. No. I've. 
I, that was hurtful. That's a, that's a direct quote from my wife. And uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I will all be better listeners, Johnny. And got, hey, thank you, listeners. Oh, yeah. Because you are good listeners. Here you are. You're uh, listening. I, I can't believe it. It's been 33 minutes so far, and you're still listening. You're still with us. John, uh, let's wind up the show. Well, hold our, on. We had to close oh, out that. Oh, what were we doing? We had to close out that uh, in, that installment of They Talk Oh, that's about right. That. With the more. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So you bookend it now? We don't bookend and talk about them. I've been bookending it since the very beginning. You get to play your theme song twice? if you want to pick up a computer and start producing, then you can start hitting all the buttons you want over there, big guy. Thanks for that uh, wonderful segment, John. (laughs) Now let's do our final segment of the week that we do. It's when we go this week in history, all the way back. It's the segment we call Talk About Then. Sounds more newsy. It's very official. You like that? John, this week in 19... Oh, no. Sounded out. 1917. Father Flanagan Mm -hmm. opens the Omaha, Nebraska home for troubled boys called Boys Town. Mm -hmm. He believed, quote, there's no such thing as a bad boy. What do you think about that? Are you asking me to comment? I'm asking you to comment on Father Flanagan's legacy and his sweeping statement that there's no such thing as a bad boy. I think in the context of what he was saying, I would agree. How about that? (sighs) He never met the 1980s Pistons. Okay, here we go. (laughs) John, this week, uh, 1787, the second state uh, was given its whatever certification. Do you know what that state was? What certification? Well, no, I'm saying it was we were we we named the second state or we we declared 1787. 1787. What was the second state that entered the union? Yeah. So this is when the Constitution is being ratified. 1787, John. Stop skirting the question. Um, I don't know the order that the states came in in the Constitution. That's the thing. <sighs> I love it when you don't know. That. I can tell you some things about when they left the union. Oh boy, would that help? No, I can get you a flight coming back. From I'm going to guess state. the second state was New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Okay, okay, I wasn't too far off. John, this week born, 1863, Norwegian artist Edvard Munch it says Edward, but I think it's a V. Was it Edward? Edvard? It's a V. Okay, okay. Edward Munch, Norwegian artist, paintings. He's famous for what painting, John? I don't do the scream. Oh. That was Munch. Yeah, I didn't know it was Munch. Uh, it was, uh, in 1994, I didn't know this, but it was stolen from Oslo's National Art Museum. Thieves stole the painting by using a ladder to enter a window where the painting was stored. That seems like That's... a really... Come on, museums. Come on, guys. Be better. They just put a ladder up against the window and what steal year? the... This is 94. Guys, we know better in 94. <sighs> the thief stole the painting. Okay, so two men were arrested... While trying to collect a four hundred fourteen thousand dollar ransom for the painting, and the painting was, that seems like a very specific That's low, ransom. Right? That's a very low, it's a very specific ransom. amount. When I still art like that level, I yeah. ask for a lot more than that. Okay, have you ever? Did you ever paint? Were you a painter? I'm horrible. I'm not, I'm not a great artist like that. Maybe you're abstract. Oh, I'm abstract. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's Beauty's that. in the eye of the beholder. Then. You'd be holding some bad paintings. <laughs> John, the first transatlantic radio signal happened this oh, wow. week, 1901. Broadcast from England to Newfoundland by Guglielmo Marconi. Okay. Guglielmo. Guglielmo. 
Guglielmo. I swear to you, his name is Guglielmo. Maybe it's Guglielmo. I would like to apologize to anyone listening named Guglielmo. That's a, the kissing cousin of Tickle Me Elmo. The Guglielmo. Guglielmo. His eyes are huge. <laughs> big, big googly eyes. Guglielmo. Marconi, uh, the distance was about 2,200 uh, miles for this broadcast. Yeah. They used a 500 feet. And the reason I wanted to put this on This Week in History because I thought it was an interesting concept. They used 500 feet receiving antenna held aloft by a kite, which is interesting. His detractor said it was impossible to send radio waves more than 200 miles because radio waves would not follow the curvature of the Earth. Huh. Marconi believed they would. Guess who was right? Guglielmo. What was his name? Guglielmo. <laughs> they were both wrong because Marconi was wrong because the radio waves did not follow the curvature of the Earth as he believed. And his detractors were wrong because it was possible to transmit radio waves long distances due to their bouncing off the ionosphere. So it doesn't follow the Earth. It just it, it can't get out. So it bounces back down That's, when it hits the edge of the atmosphere. It was right on the tip of my tongue. The message he transmitted consisted solely of the Morse code signal for the letter S. Which is? I don't know. One dot, maybe? A dash <laughs> I don't or two? Know. It's a radio signal? Evidently. It was just a... He did something and it was a... I mean... Yeah, couldn't you have... I don't know what year is this. It was 1901, so I don't know that okay. they had. They had popular music back then. I guess it would yeah. have been maybe say something. I don't know, like check one. No, yeah, it's just know. like beep. I don't know. How would you not know that wasn't a beep? Like you're using, I you're will, literally using I'm like gonna, a telegraphic thing for the this technology. You're mixing technologies. I don't know what happened. It's like mixing metaphors. You just don't do it. December 12th, 1957. John Portland, Oregon disc jockey Al Pretty is fired for playing. A version of White Christmas. Do you know what version he was playing that caught him to be fired? In 57? 57. Well, obviously it's not Bing Crosby. Nope. So I don't know the other versions. Elvis Presley. I was about to say, it had to be Elvis or... The station management said, it's not in the spirit we associate with Christmas. Oh, because he was a rock and roll guy. Yeah, canned him. Uh, Yeah, so that's... uh, That's, Yeah, it's... And finally, John, this week, 1983... The Cabbage Patch Kids dolls. Oh, wow. Are featured on the cover of Newsweek magazine. The dolls were responsible for Black Friday riots in stores where shoppers were trampling each other to adopt them. So we had Guglielmo before that. The Cabbage, Cabbage Patch, Patch Kids. People don't trample anymore. I think that's one thing that maybe technology, if for all of the harm that it's done, we don't have like people lining up trampling each other for things anymore. They, they just buy it. They just you know, buy it a, yeah. We need. Bring it let's up. get back to trampling. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, like, I think Black Friday happens every day now. Yeah, you know it's what I'm true. Yeah. I hate it was like, but it's black, like early Black Friday and it's like in October. Yeah. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. and then Cyber Monday afterwards, you're like, well, since everything's being bought, Cyber isn't every day Cyber Monday. Won't that? Come on. The dolls would go on to set the record, John, as the most successful new doll introduction in the history of the toy industry. They were created in 76. So this was 83. That they were featured on this magazine. They're created in 76 by a game Xavier Roberts using the German technique of needle molding from the 1800s. So he was using this old, you know, where they put the cheek dimples in. Okay. It's called needle molding. And uh, instead of selling them, he allowed people to adopt them from Babyland General Hospital, which he ran from a renovated turn of the century. So it really was like the adoption certificates, all that was not a gimmick. That's how he originally, that was his marketing campaign for the dolls originally. Wow. So I guess it was just a thing, and then it just like took off. Then you know what else spun off of this, right? In reaction, 
uh, the Garbage Pail Kids. Garbage Pail Kids. Which I was more of a fan of because I have a darker sense of humor. So you had, yeah. Did your church world ban like go against Garbage Pail Kids? Sure. But I mean, I don't know exactly why. I mean. Because it'd be like, I mean, it was just, it was disrespectful and gross and. Yeah. But it was all satire, you know. Right. But. The Garbage Pail Kids. And then Sour Patch Kids. Is that? I don't know. I watched something on food Bus, the food that built America about Sour Patch Kids. I think. Yeah, my niece loves a Sour Patch Kid more than life itself, and she can't have them anymore. She had to have some dental work done on her baby teeth, which uh-huh. evidently you can do. Yeah, because they were like, she's going to lose these teeth if we don't, and she's not supposed to lose them for another few years. So we have to fix these baby teeth. Uh-huh. And then they fixed them, and it was a lot of money. And my brother was like, "Holy moly, it was a lot of money." And so then. I was like, I brought a gift to my older niece. It was her birthday. Oh, no. And so I was doing the whole thing of like, here's a gift for you. Because you got to get a gift for the younger kid, too. Because they don't understand when you don't get gifts for everybody. So I was like, here's something for you. And I bought her gummies. Johnny. Because she loves gummies. And my brother had to like quickly grab the bag and be like, she can't eat these. Oh, what did she do? She can never have gummies again. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah. And for like a few years, while these, because they gave her crowns, you know, on on these baby teeth. And they so they crowned were, her with many crowns. Yeah, many, many crowns. Yeah. And uh, they crowned my brother with uh, whatever. Yeah, uh, second mortgage. No, they – so anyway, she can't have gummies. And she's, Sour Patch Kids are her favorite. And so it's a bummer. So you just dangled it in front of her face. They were little sour pumpkins. It was fall. Oh. And I was like, these little Sour Patch pumpkins, she's going to love them. And he goes, give me those. Oh, Johnny. She didn't – she wasn't upset. She was just like, I don't think I can have these. And I was I'm like, not upset. I'm yeah. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't say that. But yeah, she can't have gum. Like they gave her a Tootsie Roll pop the other day, and when she got to the center, she gave it back to him. She's like, "They go, she was so good, she didn't bite into the gum part." Wow, because she's not supposed to have. I gum. couldn't do that now. No, no way. Yeah, no way. That's a lot of self control. She's she's pretty with it for yeah. a seven year old. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Shout out to Sour Patch Kids and those who can't have them. Yeah. Oh. Hey Johnny, you know what though? There's a lot of goodies going out from talk about that. Yeah. We have a lot of supporters who get extra goodies sometimes. We need to set up another Patreon oh, call. Go. Let's do it. Here we go. It's Guys, time. this is Johnny's empty promises. It's not. It's Christmas time. <laughs> we're, we're home for the holidays. You guys send him emails yeah. and ask him when it's going to happen. I'm so ready. <laughs> Here's the thing about those Q&As. Like, I'm always afraid, what if everybody doesn't show up and then it's just me and you? Like well, nobody, hey, cared, Johnny. nobody cared enough to... Do you like... You guys like stuff? Gummy bears. What's your favorite Christmas present you ever got? <laughs> you know what would be fun? We'll do it. Uh, let's set one up for before the new year. I oh. think we can do it. Okay. The email will go out to the patrons this week. Okay. We're going to set a time. And you guys, we're going to have the best. We're going to have the Yule log going on. We're going to have bring your favorite cup of hot whatever Christmas cheer. And then we're going to have a little Christmas convo with the patrons. But anyway, if you want to become a patron, support the show, go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com, all of our archived episodes. Click on that top right link. It says support. Down bottom right is a, is a note where you can send us a little, a little voice bubble. You can send us a little note if you want to. And people have been. People have been good enough to just send their diatribes and manifestos to us. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, the terms of listening. Uh, also, if you'd like to see us. You can subscribe to our YouTube. It's right. the same page. We're scroll just, down. We're growing that channel. We really built it just to get clips for the show to, to promote the show. But you can watch those full episodes. Some yeah. people like watching and consuming the episodes that way. So yeah. do that there on YouTube yeah. forward slash whatever. Talk about that. 
Just go to our just go website. Search. Just, search. just go to our website. It's oh, right go to, there. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny can, doesn't. But you can find us by searching us on YouTube as well. When we have that call, Johnny will, send, Johnny will give you the link then. I will. I'll put a QR code up or something. <laughs> but it's on our website. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you should go to Johnny's website, though. We've already said it once, but it's worth saying again. dot com because there's so many dates that are filling up now for next year. He's got a couple <sighs> dates left. If you're a local Nashville person, a couple exciting shows coming up mm-hmm. uh, this month, especially that December 27th show down at Zanies. New Year's Eve, I'll be in Hillsboro, Ohio. That's a free oh. show. Uh, come spend New Year's with me. Although you can still get home in time to you know watch the ball drop and all that stuff because it's like a I think it's a five p.m. event. Oh wow! On New Year's Eve, Hillsboro. And they're not going to midnight. No. Well, I hope not because I don't have that many jokes. Hillsboro. That's that's seven hours. That's a long time. Hillsboro, Ohio. Uh, and I think it's at Hillsboro Baptist. Anyway, Hillsboro Bible Church. His, yeah. First Hillsboro. Anyway, go to the website and find out. <laughs> but I'd love to see you, Ohio folks, on New Year's Eve. Come hang out with us. Yeah, it'll be fun. Be fun. Well, guys, thanks for all the uh, time that you gave us today. It was fun. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll look forward to doing it next week on Talk About That. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.